All right. How great is that song, by the way? You didn't pay for that at all. But what, where did we get that song, Jeff? Free rights? What is it? Public domain. Are you familiar with public domain? Public domain is not the same as imminent domain, right? Those are different. Imminent domain is when you have a house and then they're like, get out of here. And then they put a road over it. <laughs> they do that. They've done that. Um, man, I'm so excited to, to be here with you guys. The first episode of The Eric Lang Show. Some of you are wondering why on earth are you doing this? I am too, sort of, and I don't really even know what I'm doing, but, you know, I think I think one of the ideas about the podcast was like, uh, you know, it seemed like a lot of people thought it would be a good idea, and I thought, geez, you know, you're probably right. You know, I think I go on a lot of podcasts for press around adventures in golf, and a lot of people would say, wow, that was one of the best episodes I've ever done, you know, because they're the host of their own podcast, and then I thought, geez. If the best episode of your podcast is with me, then what would be the best episode of my podcast? And then I realized it would just be me ranting to you. So that's what this is mostly about. We will have some guests as time goes on. But for now, yeah, it's basically just me talking shit. So my name's Eric. I grew up in New Jersey. Um, Fast forward 30 years. I got into golf and I started making a movie about it called Be the Ball which is about the mental side of golf and whether or not it's a spiritual game. Um, That was pretty good. It's not out yet, but we're just finishing it up. In the process of doing that, the PGA Tour thought that, um, you know, two things. They they thought either that they would want to sue me or hire me, and they ended up just hiring me, which was nice. And so what I do for them is I make a show called Adventures in Golf, where we go around the world and play golf with strange people in strange places. And... I mean, it's a dream come true. You know, people come up to me and say, wow, that's a dream job. And I say, you are exactly right. It is literally a dream job for me. I don't know how it landed in my lap, but I'm very excited to announce that we are beginning production on season three very shortly. You can watch Adventures in Golf on the internet. Do do I need to be more specific? (laughs) (laughs) You can. No, it's online. It's on YouTube. It's also on Facebook and Twitter, I think. But if you just type in Adventures in Golf, you can see it. And, you know, we've gone to, geez, where have we gone? Tokyo. We went to a prison in Louisiana. We played golf in the streets in Portland. We went, we played in the slums in Mumbai. Played on a military base in northern India. Um, We've played in a nudist colony in Florida. Played uh, in Compton. There's a par three course. Um... What else? I mean, there's many more episodes Dubai. than that. Dubai. I played in Dubai. It was 130 degrees. You tried to, uh, it was the hole-in-one challenge. You tried oh, yeah. I, I parked on a par three and, and saw and tried to see if I could get a hole-in-one, which was, some might say, the best episode ever. Um, anyway, yeah, so we're getting set for season three, which is going to, I think, be the best season yet. Um we're going to depart very soon. Our first episode takes place in Minnesota, also known as Minnesota. It'll be very, very cold because it's February right now. I don't know when you're actually going to listen to this, but, you know, who cares, really? It's all just time. What else? What else do we have here? Follow me on Instagram. That seems really desperate to say that. <laughs> I'm not going to say that. You do whatever you want on Instagram. I will, too. Um, so... So, yeah, let's see. So, so I think one of the cool things that happened to me recently is 
like I said, I don't know when this, this episode is going to air, but it's the first episode. And I think one of the coolest things to talk about is the experience of, well, I got to play in the Pro-Am at the Waste Management Phoenix Open. Do you know what that is, Jeff? Jeff's not a big golfer. How did you know that? <laughs> I'm doing my research on golf. In fact, I went to a driving range the other day to did you? get into golf again. Did you really? Yeah, because I played a lot as a kid. <laughs> I grew up around golf. I didn't have any clubs. So I Who's clubs? One for four bucks. <laughs> you were at the one club? Yeah, Seven iron? Driver? Driver. Just, driver. Yeah. That's a hard one to start so, with. Uh, How, did you hit clubs. any good ones? What's that? Did you hit any good ones? Yeah, I was. they were going straight. I, I remember my golf lessons from golf camp as a kid. So. Oh, we got to go play golf sometime. the whole body. Yeah. Know. Oh, we'll go to the we'll go to the club. So, well, th- you know, this reminds me. One of the nicest things that I hear, because I'll tell you what, I'm I get recognized every once in a while. I actually got recognized on the street in Manhattan. Did I tell you about this? No, no. I'm walking through the West Village, and a guy comes up to me and says, uh, "This is going to sound weird, but are you Eric Lang?" And I didn't. I was not ready for it, so I was like kind of thrown off, and I was like, "Maybe." <laughs> I didn't know who he was. I thought maybe he like a brother of a girl I dated or something. And he goes, I goes, yeah, he goes, he goes, yeah, well, I could tell by your voice. And I was like, what are you getting at? You know what I mean? Like, what do you want? And he was like, well, look, me and my two sons love your show and we watch it all the time. And I guess, would you make a video for them? And I was like, sure. Yeah. You know? And so I made a video and, but along those lines, you know, I, when I was just at the waste management Phoenix open, a bunch of people would come up to me and say, you know, you got my a wife into golf. You got my son into golf. You know, you you know, and I don't know. Hearing that you, Jeff, you know, my producer over here, sans microphone, you went out and tried golf like that. To me, is and I enjoyed it. And you enjoyed it. <laughs> that's that's the most surprising. No, but I mean that's like that to me is the biggest compliment. Really, you know, is that you know whatever it is. I don't know why people don't want to try golf, but for whatever reason they don't. Um, but I will say, when you go to the course, and uh, I rose above it, of course, but it can be intimidating because there are all totally. these rules that are not written down, but you have to sort of be aware of them in a way. Yeah, so. yeah. Where do you get the balls? You know, what do you, where's the where's the, the mat and the you know you gotta like wh- yeah. What what other rules are you talking about? Well, for example, uh, it was pretty crowded at the driving range, so uh, there's you know two decks to the driving range. I had to go to the top one. I had a driver. Didn't realize that you couldn't hit balls with a driver oh you can't deck. you can't hit driver from the upper deck you can't do it from the upper deck so on the loudspeaker microphone the guy <laughs> goes no drivers from the upper deck please oh no please stop sir oh no what a jerk <laughs> what a jerk were you like oh my god oh my god oh my god you had no danger of hitting it over the fence right uh no, that's I mean, what i'm not like you know yeah i'm an amateur right you know by far so. oh we're all amateurs trust me <laughs> if you're not an amateur and you're listening to this podcast email me and then uh and then they don't give you a t there either Oh, you got to so, buy the rubber tee. Yeah. So anyway, I go all the way down there. I finally get you know a spot on the lower deck where I can use a driver. Don't right. have a tee. So now I have to leave my clubs there and my balls. Go all the way in. Pay two bucks for a little plastic tee. Come back. <laughs> my goodness. But then the journey began. I enjoyed it. Seventy-five golf balls and seventy-five. Know. How are your hands? Do they hurt? I'm sore everywhere. My legs are sore. My hands <laughs> are sore. My hands are sore. It's getting better. I, I did it on Sunday. The day after, like, I was, like, limping when I woke up. I'm like, why do I feel this way? I wasn't, like, lifting weights. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. That's how you know you're getting the golf bug, is when you start to really feel sore in places that you didn't know you even owned. Wow. That is so cool. That is so cool. 
Yeah, so I mean, that, that's just kind of like, you know, when people say that, it really, it, I can't explain the feeling, but to, but to be able to make something, you know, the show basically is what people know me for, to be able to make that and make golf approachable and fun is, it's a dream that I never knew I had. You know, I mean, being totally genuine, you know, like it's, it's totally, uh, you know, just a, an experience that I, um, am so grateful for. So, so anyway, we, this was kind of a fun part of being at the waste management Phoenix open was sort of having those interactions, but I don't, if you don't follow me on Instagram, you may not know, but I got this spot. I got offered to play in the pro-am and now I guess, you know, back up, like I did a couple of golf channel commercials with Charlie Hoffman. That's kind of why I was there and I work with waste management. And then at the end of our shooting day on Tuesday, the, the wonderful Paula Davey, what a wonderful, wonderful person works for waste management, believes in the waste management mission, um, says, Hey Eric, do you want to play in the pro-am tomorrow? And I was like, well, I mean, obviously if you're a golfer, you immediately shit your pants because you're thinking, I don't know if I can hit a golf ball in front of that many people. I've played in a couple pro-ams, but they've all been on the champions tour. So max, maximum 100 people watching this invitation basically, you know, would require that somewhere between 15 and 20,000 people would be watching one particular shot. I mean, you knew that, right, Jeff? You got that. That's crazy. No, I saw the, the uh, Insta story yeah. you posted. Of that. Oh, yeah, I went live. It was intense. I did a live Insta story. I should save that to my profile. So anyway, yeah, so I go. I'm on the driving range, and Paul's like, do you want to go play in the program tomorrow? And I was like, uh, well, yes. I don't have any golf clubs. I don't have my golf shoes. And I'm supposed to be working. So I go talk to my person I'm supposed to work with the next day, and I'm like, yeah, please, like, can we just can we just hustle and get this work done? so that we can go play and they're like you know sort of like squinting at me like what do you want and I was like look it's a once in a lifetime experience you know you can't you don't you don't get this very often so they agreed though and um but but the but part of the stipulation was my tea time on Wednesday was at 10 a.m and I was going to play with Charlie Hoffman Larry Fitzgerald and uh two other waste management executives so you know my tea time was at 10 so I had to get up and work interview players and celebrities for two hours you know so we got john elway reggie bush um was this for the billy horschel no this was for this other thing we did that was for scratch tv it was like a it was like trash talk you know so i learned how to trash talk with the best of them you know it was a good piece it came out really well um and you know but i had to hit the range in between doing this work and getting my tea time so i i showed up pre-dawn to the to the driving range and the i mean it was freezing cold everything was wet and i'm out there on the range and you know there's these uh there's these um thunderbirds which are the charity that puts on it's the uh you know group i don't know what is the thunderbirds it's, it's, it's like it's like the rotary you know i don't know how, what you call like them Aquinas club yeah yeah. Kind of thing. yeah it's like a club uh you know for the good of humanity so the thunderbirds put on the tournament and one of them came up to me and said you know, as the sun was coming up, he said, well, you get the award for, you know, first guy on the range. And we started laughing and, you know, but I'm out there on the range, pitching wedge in my hand, trying to figure out the shot on 16, you know, like, cause you know, sometimes you go to the range and it's a, you got a bit of a cut, 
My other days, it's you got a bit of a draw. And I haven't really played golf in a little bit, like a couple of weeks, because I've been really busy. So, you know, I'm in my sneakers. I'm playing with rental clubs. Um, and I'm trying to figure out what my shot is. Am I hitting a draw or a cut today? I have no idea. And I got to tell you, I was equally hitting both. I had, I was hitting it well, but I had no really clue the direction of the ball flight. I would, I would set up and I think it's going to go right. And it would just move left, left, left. And I was like, Oh God, because all I really wanted to do was hit the green on 16. I didn't really care about anything else. I didn't, I, I just wanted to hit the green. So, you know, we get to the first tee and I didn't really anticipate how many people would be there. I mean, that was 500 people easily. Grands- loud, loud yeah. grandstands, microphone. Uh, there's a guy there with a microphone introducing everybody. Charlie hits. He hits kind of like a blocky cut, misses the fairway. Then we got, you know, Larry hit like a five iron, snapped it left. No one was in the fairway. And then I'm the last to tee off with my driver that I haven't even hit. And I did not realize how nervous I was for that. I was arguably more nervous for that than I was for 16, I would find out. So I hit like, uh, I, I hit a really, really, really good drive. It, it missed the fairway by a foot, but, you know, I don't care. As long as I hit it square and it moved in the direction. Um, so then you've got three or four hours of just basically walking in circles thinking about 16 going crazy like i'm going crazy in my head like i can't even visualize the shot shape you know and i guess for me what was one of kind of the interesting parts about it is when i finally did walk into 16 you walk through the tunnel you kind of there's like a weird calm you know like i was like once i was inside i was like oh it's just a huge arena filled with people that's all it is like it's not it's not that it's not that crazy. I just need to hit a golf shot. Just more the anticipation building up to it that was yeah. getting to yeah. Yeah, it was really weird because once I, like I said, once I got in there, I was like, Oh, it's just more golf with more people. It's not a big deal. And that said, like I did get extremely nervous and more and more nervous as you know, the minutes ticked down into when I would actually hit my shot. And I mean, I got kind of heckled by Kelly James, who's a great guy. I, someone put him up to it. And, um, you know, we ultimately, I think one of the most interesting parts of that experience was that it became very blurry. You know, I walked up, I put the ball in the ground. I was outside the teeing area. So I had to re-tee like inside the tee markers because it was like such a chaotic mess on the tee box there. It's hard to tell. So, so then, yeah, I put the ball on the ground and then what's the weirdest thing is after all of this thought for hours and hours and hours and all of this time on the range, I basically just walked up to the golf ball and swung. (laughs) Like there was no conscious thought about whether the ball is going to move left to right or right to left as I had thought there would be. Like literally, I just, I didn't even line up. I didn't even aim you know what I mean? Like, I just literally was like so fucking stressed and paranoid and just nervous that I just, just like put the ball on the ground and just got next to it and just moved my arms back. You think that would make you overthink all that pressure of people watching? That's what I was worried about. Yeah. That's exactly what I was worried about. But yeah, no, I just, 
I just was like, you know, it was, it was probably like if you were to be like ready to be like a cliff diver, cliff jumper or whatever, you know, yeah. and you've got a hundred foot cliff and you're just, you know, you, you're just standing there and you're just like, here we go. And you have all this thought about like, whether you're going to hit the rocks, whether you're going to jump too deep or belly flop or break your neck or whatever. And then something you just go and you're, it's almost like your body does the math, you know? It was like my body knew that I was aimed a little open and then I just faded it in there. And I mean, I had like a 15 foot putt that I lift out. It was some of my best golf. Like I, I, I've missed par threes all across the world. <laughs> you know what I mean? I've knifed them into bunkers. I've hit them fat, like 40 yards short. I mean, I'm capable of hitting some terrifically awful golf shots in every continent. And here, all I wanted to do was hit a good shot. And I just, it was just so striking to me. You know, maybe I'm drilling it too far, but I just could not believe it. I mean, I hit a shot that was better than most pros. Maybe not most, but better than a lot of pros. A lot, a lot. Ian Poulter shanked one that week into the grandstand. You know, I mean, obviously everyone knows he's an asshole, but, you know, I mean, even that aside, I don't know. So I'm kind of coming off of that. And then, I got a phone call. I didn't even tell you this, Jeff. I got home and I was still just dealing with all the nerves, you know, so many nerves. And my phone rings and it's my friend Ashley Mayo who uh, works for Golf Digest and is a good friend. And she goes, she goes, uh, congratulations on playing the par three. Congratulations on hitting the green. I said, thank you. And then she said, do you want to go to the Masters with a media credential and uh, make, make, uh, make some interviews for us? At Golf Digest, and I was like, uh, "Wow, I didn't think today could get any better." <laughs> you know, so that's an exciting thing, and you know, so I'll go down there. We're not sure exactly what we're going to do at the Masters, but you know, it'll be something fun, and it'll be for someone new to work for. That'll be kind of fun. You know, Golf Digest will be an interesting company. Um, obviously, the Masters is a bucket list situation for most people. Yeah, I mean, birthday was this weekend. It was thirty-seven. It's kind of a big deal. Um, I went to New York, had dinner with all of my friends, all five of them. (laughs) 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 I got you. Hey, Sklar Brothers here, Randy and Jason, and we have a couple of podcasts. If you you know them or you don't know them, check them out. We do View from the Cheap Seats, which is sports and comedy, and we have a podcast called Dumb People Town where we break down stupid behavior done by stupid people in this stupid world of ours. It is hilarious. Check them both out. And now, check out this podcast. Uh, that said, I do meet, I have met a couple people on Instagram and we've been friends. That's true. Stu Bone, you're out there. Who else? few good people on the internet. I mean, the internet's such a great place to meet people and hang out and, and kind of talk about things you love because nowadays it's so, the world is so big, but it's also so small, you know, like I see friends more often in outside of Los Angeles than I do inside. You know, I'm in LA. I landed last night at 1am and my flight out is tomorrow at 5am. So I'm not in LA that much. And you know, we, uh, so, so usually I see my dearest friends, you know, on the road at the PGA show or at the masters or waste management or wherever, you know, um, the golf industry is such a great, um, venue to meet friends. 
unfortunately, it's also a place to for industries to sort of make a lot of money, which really just digs me. You know, I hate the golf industry so much. But you work in the golf industry. I work. I would say I work around the golf industry. I, no, no, I don't work in the golf industry. I work in entertainment, and golf is my thing. Is that the golf industry? I guess I make one company money. I make the PGA Tour money. I make money too. But you really think I work in the golf industry? Yeah, I mean, you're working for you know the preeminent golf organization out there. Mm. It sounds kind of cool when you say it that way. <laughs> <laughs> preeminent. I got to Google preeminent as soon as we're done with this. But to you, you just feel like you're an entertainer and golf happens to be... I just feel like I'm me. I just feel like I'm me, literally. I guess that's one of my favorite parts about it. Luckily, I am able to just be myself. Um, but, you know, because I, I don't really ever do anything ingenuine. Like, I would never... I don't know. Like, like luckily, the company that I work for and the other brands that I've been, you know, fortunate enough to be invited to represent, I feel the same way about all of them. Like, I, I would use them naturally. Whether it's vice, uh, you know, golf balls, because what I really care about is people. I don't even really care about golf courses. I mean, sound crazy. I mean, that sounds weird. Like, like I think, I think the elitism of golf courses and the over um, manicuring of golf grass and the over exclusivity and the over everything. Obviously, it's not me. So when you look at Adventures in Golf and you see we go play in Compton. To me, like, I'm not going to go play the Compton Par 3 on a Friday when I have a day off. Not only it's an hour away from my house, but, you know, like, that's not like, that's not like what I'm going to do naturally. But at the same time, that is what I'm going to do. Like, if someone asks me to, 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 to make golf entertaining, that's what I'm going to do. Um, you know, I'm not going to go to the nicest course in the world and be like, you know, I don't know. Look at this. Look at that. And it's just a different thing. Because to me, I think what's interesting about golf is the golf is only as much as we put into it. So it's just us, really. That's kind of a spoiler alert for Be the Ball. I can't really give all this away. But I think for you, it's about making golf more inclusive as opposed to exclusive. Absolutely. Everybody can play golf. It doesn't matter if you're rich, poor, anywhere in between. Well, exactly. And I think that's what's so interesting about your experience going to Rancho Park to hit balls is without even trying, golf is exclusive. And you played at a public course. Yeah. You know, it's like, but I mean, that could also just be the protocol of it. Like the first time you go to the airport, it's very confusing. You know, they're like, take your belt off, put your iPad in the thing, put your shoes off. And they're just like yelling at you. And, but once you become a pro, you just, you know, like my shoes, da -da -da, I'm at the belt and the gun. Yeah. You don't think about it anymore. It's no. completely there. Yeah. Well, I think one uh, thing to close out this with is uh, sort of circles back to everything is that you're sort of a, not a reluctant performer, but that wasn't your original intention. You sort of fell into being on camera. Look at how good right? Jeff is at his job. <laughs> Look at that. I'm just sitting here. I'm wearing like an Afghan, like a robe that, that uh, you know, actually it's a gift from Seamus Golf. Respect. Am I dropping corporate? No, I actually like Akbar. I was originally a documentary filmmaker, just interested in, you know, making documentaries. And then, uh, you know, I mentioned it briefly, but the PGA Tour basically 
saw this documentary I'm making called Be the Ball, which you can check out. It's I think, honestly, as much as I love adventures in golf, I think Be the Ball has got something to it that it's not seen very much, right? It's got an entertaining way of looking at the game of golf and why we play and what it affords us and what it brings us and what it teaches us. And at the same time, through interviews with really amazing people like Deepak Chopra and Bill Murray and Sam Jackson and, you know, a lot of Jason Day's mental coach and, you know, so many amazing people, we really get to leave the film with a new way of approaching the game. And no matter how long you've been playing, I think you essentially can turn around and look at your game differently after this, you know, 86-minute film. Um, I screened it for a few close friends when we were at Sand Valley a few months ago, and we had like three days of golf, and then we screened the film, I think, on Saturday night towards the end of the trip, and everybody said, the first thing everybody said was, oh, I wish we had watched this on the first night, you know, and I think that to me is a, a similar feeling of sort of being approached and having people say, you know, you got me into golf to have a, a golfer who's already expressed and committed their love to the game to then say, wow, there's a new way to do this, or there's a way for me to get more out of it or put more into it or whatever it is that to me is equal. You know, those two things are really lovely. And, um, you know, so anyway, enough of a pitch for watching be the ball. I don't care if you watch it. I think obviously, you know, that I really do care deep down inside, but I wouldn't tell you that. I mean, I would say, I would, I do think that you should watch the film and you know, but you do this really cool experiment in the film. Where right. <laughs> He's so good. He's so, you're my, you're my hype man. <laughs> Jeff is like, do I owe you we extra? Steer the ship. So yeah. we, uh, we don't get lost in the ocean. So. <laughs> I'm literally a puppy and you're a dog trainer. You're like, sit. Um, the, the film has an experiment. We do, we teach golf to 50 people. I know that's fucking, what is wrong with me? I need, I need more coffee. We teach meditation to 50 golfers seeking to prove whether or not golf is a mental game. Therefore, whether or not it's a spiritual game. Oh, so I'm making the film be the ball, the PGA tour. I'm reaching out to them for interviews and I'm like, you know, I want to interview this player and that player to ask them if they think golf is a, spiritual game and they i remember i made the call i called the front desk of the pga tour thousands of people worked there and i said hi my name is eric i'm making a film about golf and the mind and i'd like to interview you know whoever tiger woods and the receptionist goes uh can you hold please and (laughs) and then and then uh, and then uh a guy named Tom Alter answered the phone. And I just saw him last week at Waste Management. He was really nice. He goes, wow, look at how far you've come. Look at all this crazy, crazy stuff that's happened. Because it, it has been a long road. And Tom goes, uh, Tom goes, so well, who are you? What do you want to do? And I was like, yeah, I told him. We talked on the phone for an hour. And I think, yeah, you got to wonder. Like if Tom had just said no, where would we be now? I would have no pro interviews. There might be no movie. There would definitely be no show. You got to wonder, you know? But for some reason, Tom and I were on the phone for an hour. I was in a diner in LA that's now closed. And he got, I think Tom got it. 
you know, I think Tom understood how incredibly big golf is. You know what I mean? Like, I think he really understood that none of us can explain golf away. We just can't. And I think he liked the way I talked about it and the idea for the movie. Enough so that he agreed that when I was going to be in Florida in a couple weeks or months that I would, that we could meet. Yeah. Cause he said, are you going to be in Florida anytime soon? I'd love to talk to you more about it. And I was just like, yeah, I'm going to be there in a month. No plans. But I just flew there to meet with him cause I just figured I had enough miles and you know, we needed to do this thing. So I show up, I'm wearing my best golf attire, you know, dressed like a total jerk. Like I hate the outfit, but I just had to wear it. So I walk in, I meet Tom, we talk, I do an interview with him. It's not in the movie, but, but he essentially liked me enough to pass me off to other people. And so then I got to interview Dean Beeman and I got to interview, uh, you know, Nick Price and Bernard Langer and Tom Lehman and, you know, all these greats. And then the movie started. And after some time, about a year or two of filming, I did a uh, fundraiser to, you know, because I needed more money because I was broke. And so... I put out all this, you know, crowdfunding stuff to raise money to make the movie what it is. And my, uh, you know, my ex-wife, my at the time wife, was like, oh, it'd be funny if you uh, asked all my famous friends for help. And they all said no. I, maybe that was actually my idea. I can't remember. But um, so in the film, in in this little teaser trailer, which you can still see online, like I go up to Katy Perry's trailer and knock on it. And I... It's not really me, though. It's actually her assistant. Can I go behind the scenes like this, Jeff? Oh, sure. I could do this, right? Yeah. Why not? I got approval. <laughs> we're going We're going real. So so anyway, Katy Perry. So I, so I texted Katy, and I said, look, have your assistant record them knocking on your door, and then you answer and respond to what I would likely say, which is, hey, Katy, can you help me make my golf movie? And then you say, no, absolutely not, and you slam the door in my face. So this was this funny kind of moment. By the way, I, you know, it was it, it it was for the first time it was really funny. Now, credit where credit's due. Sia suggested that I do the whole video in a t-shirt. And I was like, I can't do that. I need to wear golf attire. I have to wear a collared shirt and a belt and no jeans. And she was like, why? And I was like, because that's golf, you know? Like, I'm making this for golfers. And she kind of was like, no, you need to be the cool guy. Like, you need to do you. Did you know the story, Jeff? No, I've never heard this. You never heard? So she, in some huge way, is deeply responsible for basically a lot of the stuff of making golf, you know, cool again and and pushing towards the no dress code. You sort of go against the grain in a lot of the stuff you do, and not being the stereotypical golfer that people think of. Which was very hard for me at first because I had spent years like trying to fit in. You know what I mean? you want to just be part of the crowd, part of the golf community. Yeah. In the most- like even when I went to go interview Tom, like I wore an outfit that I just would never normally wear. Or when I would go play golf, like I would wear these dumb outfits I would never wear. And then I would change back into my normal clothes. And, th- and this, this is really coming at a time too. This is like 2010. This is like golf was starting to want to get cool. You know, and this is industry stuff, but really it's the people that play. Like the, the golfers themselves, me, and my friends are like, God, it sucks I have to wear all this stupid bullshit, you know? So, like, I would go play my Muni in sweatpants. You know, I would play Roosevelt in sweatpants and a T-shirt, and I loved it, you know? Um, I saw in one of your Insta stories you hit a ball barefoot. 
you were on a golf course barefoot? Oh yeah, I love to play golf barefoot when I can. Yeah, yeah, yeah I'll play. Something I could never imagine, you know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it, you can do it. I mean, you know, there's dress codes, but you know, every dress code is made to be broken. No, that's that's different. So anyway, you know, the the wonderful uh, the wonderful Sia really did affect my life in that way by by encouraging me to be myself and to be funny. Also, because I didn't think I could be funny. I, you know, this is, I didn't want to be on camera. I wanted to just be a director of a movie. And at the time, I wasn't even really in the movie. But obviously, the movie in its current state, years later, I'm a large subject of the film. Um, yeah, it's interesting to hear after seeing the film. So you were initially not even in it in the way you are now. Barely. Wow. Barely. I had voiceover elements. But, 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 you know, Sia, again, this was part of her, you know, infinite wisdom in a, in a way of understanding, you know, what the people want and what's interesting. She was like, you're interesting. You should do this. You know, you should be the subject because you're interesting. And I don't know why I kind of shunned it or disagreed or took time to agree, but I have to say now, obviously she's right. You know what I mean? Like I'm probably kind of a shy person and I do believe that I took that Myers-Briggs test and I was an introvert, but I took it again and I was an extrovert. And I was like, what came first? The chicken or the egg, the extrovert or the shell, you know? I was always a clown in school. Like I was always, always getting in trouble in elementary school. Every year I got in huge trouble each year. I wrote an underground newspaper. I, I distributed it in the bathroom. I made fun of every teacher. And it even said all the news that's fit to print. Like I copied it, like the New York Times. I, got, I, I knocked my own tooth out by headbanging during a classical music class. Um, I held my breath standing on a desk and passed out and fell over and hit my head. I broke my leg doing a jump, a ski jump that I manufactured. I got hit by a car, uh, jaywalking. I, I almost got expelled for slapping a teacher. I mean, I was a, I was problem child by definition. So, so who knows what happened between then and now, but... Now, essentially, I just have a job. The <laughs> 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 same guy. You get paid to do all that. Yeah. Same. I just am a class clown, except there's a camera around. Um, you know, but, but it's not jackass. You know, there's a lot of reverence for golf, and I think that comes through very clearly. I love the game deeply. So, so anyway, we, we make this funny trailer with all these celebrities in it. You know, Shia, uh, Shia LaBeouf. Katy Perry, um, Jonas brother. I can't remember which one. <laughs> Joe Jonas? Joe, probably Joe. Whatever the golfer is. Um, really nice guy. Never met him. <laughs> <laughs> um, who else is in it? Uh, is Kelly Osborne in it? I think Kelly Osborne was in it. Sh- sh- um, what's the other one? Selena Gomez was in it. All these crazy celebrities. I never met any of them. You know, we lived a pretty mellow life. I met half of them. Actually, Katy Perry and I. And we all went to vacation in Japan together, which was kind of fun. Crazy. Um, different life, right? Um, so, so <laughs> yeah. tell me about it. When people say life has chapters, yeah, you're telling me. Um, so, so anyway, we go, we make this funny video. And I go home and cut it. And I'm like, this is pretty funny. And she's like, yeah. So then we launch it and we get good feedback. And then like two weeks after I launch the the Kickstarter campaign, I get a call from the PGA Tour. And it's this guy, Chris Wandell. And Chris goes, look, I saw your video. I think you're funny. And I think you could be a host of a show. And I was like, yeah, I don't 
know why you would ever want me to host a show, but absolutely, yes, I will do it. <laughs> yeah, and I don't know even why I said yes. It's not that I wanted to be a host. It's just that, you know, I'm a big believer in life of just sort of doing the next thing, you know, just kind of being a yes person. And those are the people I try to surround myself with is the people that I like to have as friends and even employees, really. It's just, yes. Yes, let's do that. Yes, let's get up at 3 a.m. and go hike to the top of this volcano. Yes, let's uh, you know get on this boat and go to this weird island that doesn't seem to have any accommodation. You know, yes, let's do all of this. You know, yes, let's go to India and shoot an episode with no plans. Right? We don't need a contact in this local village. One of my favorite episodes. We have no access. <laughs> we got nothing, but. But I think that for me, that is what really to zoom out is like the adventure of life. You know what I mean? If we, you can't have an adventure if you don't say yes. You know what I mean? So basically this guy, Chris says, do you want to host a show? And I was just like, yeah, sure. Not even knowing it would be called adventures in golf or anything like that. A couple months later, I'm in New York and I'm in a meeting with a bunch of executives and it's like, it's like seven to one. I'm outnumbered. And they're all like, hey, so, yeah, we'd like you to do a show for us. And I'm like, uh, too innocent to, to know that something shady's going on, you know, that they're about to completely pillage my brain for creative juices and throw me into the golf industry like an unwitting puppy, right? And that's what happened in the end, but I'm okay. It's been years and I'm okay. But they were like, if you could do anything, what would you do? And I was kind of like, well, you know, I've, I've heard these stories from around the world that interest me and... You know that there's a there's a there's a nine hole course in Compton, or there's a there's a course in a prison in Louisiana, or you know they play golf in the slums in India, or you know oh my God, did you know that in Tokyo you can get hole in one insurance? Um, I'd kind of heard all these stories, and you know I thought maybe they would be used for the movie, for Be the Ball, but in the end it just no, the movie is about an experiment, and it's fascinating, and it's a great film. If you ask Jeff, it's a great, great, great film. That these vignettes didn't have any value, so. I kind of said, hey, what if I just went around and did these things, these things that I'm not going to use, these weird little stories that aren't really connected by anything other than the fact that I find them interesting. And they were like, oh, yeah, those those sound cool. What would you call it? And I was like, I didn't have anything in my head. And I was like, I guess I would call it Adventures in Golf. And they, you, I could see that they loved it. You know, the, the money signs were flicking in their eyeballs like a slot machine, you know? <laughs> I don't know, and I guess I've made them some money because the show is now in its third season, and I'm going to Minnesota tomorrow to play golf. I'm not going to tell you where. Anyway, that's the end of the first episode. Do I have to say anything else? Uh, go home. Get in your car and go home. What if people are really into you? They can follow you on Instagram. You could follow me on Instagram because I, I do like Instagram. And, you know, I will try and get back to you if you message me there. Um, if you have advice stuff, you could message me on Instagram or email is the Eric Lang Show at gmail.com? The Eric Lang Show at gmail.com. Boom. Yeah, if you have any stuff you need advice for, not a ruling, no ruling, but you know, if you have a thing, like, like one of my things is like, I can't bring my dog to my golf club. Drives me crazy. Drives me so crazy. If I were you and I had that problem, I would ask me about it and then I would give you advice. But it'd be weird if I now gave advice to myself about that because then you'd be listening to two people as one. And that's not that's you know that's not what you paid for. You didn't pay for anything, by the way. Our podcasts are free, right? Yeah. You're not paying anything. No. How do we make money if they're not paying anything? Well, that's when we get the advertisers.
advertisements. Advertisers. Oh, by the way, this podcast is sponsored by Vice Golf. That's true. <laughs> Got that in there right at the end. No, Vice Golf, top performing golf ball, half the price. Check it out. It's true. They, they are the sponsor of the show. I forgot. What else? I think we're done. How do we end it properly? Do we play music? Yeah, we're going to have some music fading in, fading in. Is out. the music playing right now and I don't even know it? Is there... <laughs> that's the magic of editing. Yeah, let me know if you like the music that's going on right now, because I can't hear it. To me, I'm just sitting here in a room with Jeff. Let me. Wait, is the music getting louder? Is it? You know, it fades and gets louder, <laughs> and then as you as you finish what you're about to say, it'll fade out. Right. You know, we'll be off into the sunset. If you have any things you want to hear me talk about, let me know too, because you know we can spend just a year talking about Jeff's golf swing. I'm sure. I would love to. I want to go to the driving range with Jeff for sure. Yeah, so check me out on Instagram. Send me some messages. Is the music still going? How long is the song? All right, everybody. Thank you so much for listening. I hope this, I hope this, I hope I come back for it next week. I think I will. We're going to do, we're going to do an episode two, right? Why don't I want to end the episode? I really don't want to end it. All right. That's it. We miss you. We love you. I don't know how to end it properly. I need like a salutation. What should the salutation be? Good round? Yeah, that was a good round. And what else? You know, Bing Crosby's final words. That was a good round of golf. And then he, then he died. <laughs> so, all right, and the words of Bing Crosby. That was a good round of golf, fellas. Thanks. Thanks.